Well, good morning and welcome. And uh, when you're coming up with a, something to, to talk about each and every week, sometimes you have two different problems. One thing is having the topic and having enough information to, to talk about. And another thing is when you have too much information. When sometimes it seems like God's throwing stuff at you so fast that you can't even get it all down so you don't forget part of it. And then be able to take all that and to, to break it up and to make it into serving sizes that we can put out and use. So we're going to uh, try to do that over the next little bit. And of course, it seems like it always happens when we got a, a segmented system that we have a holiday get in the way there and it has to kind of work around that. So we'll see what happens when that comes around and how far we get. There's sometimes that I get up here and I get talking, I think we're just going to go and go and go and then it kind of runs a little shallow and then sometimes i look down at the clock and it's like whoa where'd the time go so uh but that's what happens when you let the lord leave you we just we'll take it where he wants it to go and what he'll have for us as i say that i'm just a tool just a mouthpiece and it's his message and his story to tell and i'm just helping to move that along the way and uh was it the Last week or the week before, we was talking about how our, our worldly beliefs, our political beliefs, the things that are of the world, how that affects us. Can we follow these things and still consider ourselves a Christian? And of course, that God always has to to come first and we're going to explore that a little bit today and look at our our attitudes a little bit and um one goal that i like to do when i'm speaking is i like to show what god has to say about something i like to put a in text of what's going on in the world today so it keeps it fresh and current and also makes that connection that the word of god does not change, it is never void, that is just as effective then as it is now. And the third thing I like to do is, is I like to talk about our human condition and why we do these things. And I feel like that's important because, first of all, we have to know why we do these things to get to the root of the problem, to be able to change it, to be able to become better people, more godly people, while we do break down our human condition and put a realize that is a human trait and something that we need to to box in to change to be aware of and also that we don't have so much condemnation you know because many times that's what happens when we're we're learning the word of god when we're learning who god is is that we feel bad and oftentimes that can cause us to stop learning it can cause us to stop coming to church to stop and go and do other things because we don't like that that feeling but if we can realize that first of all that god loves us god forgives us god understands these things to realize that we are all sinners we all make mistakes we are all going to continue to make mistakes we do things because we are in a flawed human body in a sinful world that we are all sinners that we are going to do these things and that it's part of this process and part of the process of 
having that connection with God is being able to go to him to repent and also for us to change and to grow and to become something else. The word talks about us when we first start, we're consuming milk. And as we go, we start consuming the meat of the situation. And many of us never get past that first little point. So one of the things is, is when we look at the word of God, we have a couple different situations, human situations that we need to be aware of. The first thing is, is that we look at it with our minds already convinced of a certain thing. We want to believe a certain way. We have an issue pop up in our life and we want it to be a certain way. So we want to be able to go to the word of God for backup. We want to be able to say that what we are doing is in line with God. But the problem with that is, if we don't go to it with an open mind, looking to seek what God has to say on the matter, instead of looking to prove our point, is that we can get a point that is invalid. We'll take stuff out of context. We will take and bend and mold the context to fit it in our little box. You know, for many of us, we don't take the time to actually study for ourselves. There is many Bibles all over the world that go unopened. For the majority of people, the Bible context that we get is from what we hear. And it's very good to listen to teaching. The word even tells us it's from hearing the word. That's how we build faith. It's good to be able to get other perspective of it. That's why God wants us to come together in church and study groups and, and to study the word together, to be able to talk about and, and do things with the other. But the problem is sometimes that we get bad teachers. And this is at all levels. We have leaders that stand up in our churches that are not godly driven. They're in it for the publicity, the fame, the, the money, what they can get from it. And when we have other things that are influencing what we're talking about is we tend to want to keep everyone happy. If we're just... We, don't, we think about what, how this is going to affect people. So what happens is subjects get avoided. There's parts of the Bible that preachers won't touch because they're afraid of how people are going to react to it. They want full seats and are willing to do whatever it takes to put them there. Now, that's not my system. We're going to speak the truth. You can like it, and more than likely, you probably won't. I don't care what you think about me. I don't care about having, well, let me rephrase that. I want full seats, but I want full seats of people that want to be here, that want to hear the truth, that are trying to build a better relationship with God. It does no good to stand out here and speak to the masses if you're not telling them stuff that is going to change their lives. 
Church has been became a form of entertainment. I'm not an entertainer. I'm a teacher. I'm not here for your amusement. I'm here to spread the word of God, to learn, to teach. It's not about big screens. It's not about music. It's not about production. It's about the word of God. And church in general has gotten so far away from that. And we're all about publicity, filling seats, the financial aspects of it, that we've lost what God wants. We go all the way back to Jesus and we've seen it all the way back then and nothing has changed, it's just gotten worse. We develop... Let me back up. You know, not even... Is it from the churches? Now everyone has a platform they can stand on. With social media, anyone can have a platform to to talk and to do whatever they want. And and we see it. And we get it in such short bursts that we have enough time that we can actually take and we can see the message that they are throwing down. But the problem is that many of these self-proclaimed teachers have no foundation in what they are teaching. They have an idea and they want to take that idea and they want to put it upon others. They want to spread their idea. So with their minds already made up, they go to the Word, they pick out the pieces that fit their puzzle to tell their story, and they present it. And what do we do? If it, if it sounds good, we believe it. If it looks good, we'll take it. And we never look for ourselves. We never see what the truth is. We never take into the context of it. So many times we hear things there's all kinds of different situations that we think is in the Word of God because we've heard it on a bumper sticker or on social media or somewhere on a cute little sign, and it's not of the Word, it's of the world. But we believe it to be true. We believe it to be there because we never look for ourselves. We do not know what the truth is. And we believe these people because they tell a cute story. And we tend to follow and go along and not look for ourselves. Furthermore, we tell ourselves because we took the time to, to listen to what these people have to say, that that's our teaching, that we've gotten our, our daily dose of, of Bible, of God, because we took a few seconds, a few minutes to, to listen to what these people have to say. I want to look at an example today of how a lot of us might believe and how it affects us in this world. So if we'll look at Matthew chapter 5, verse 38. This is one that you, many of us have probably heard before because 
we tend to, to use it, and people use it a lot. We have these verses that are used a lot, but are used in the wrong fashion. In 5 and 38, Ye have heard that it has been said, An eye for an eye, and a tooth for a tooth. But I say unto you that those ye resist not evil, but whoever shall smite you on the right cheek, turn them other also. And if any man will sue thee at the law, take away thy coat, and let him have thy cloak also. And whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him a twain. Give to them what they ask of thee, and for him that would borrow, and not turn thee away. He hath heard that said, Thou love thy ever, and hate thy enemy. But I say unto you, Love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do no good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you, and persecute you. That you may be children of thy Father which are in heaven, that make his Son to rise on evil and the good, and sendeth the rain on the just and the unjust. For if we love for love, for to reward which we have ward, even not the publications the same. And if I salute their own brethren only, what do you do more than others that do even the publications also? For therefore perfect, even though your Father which is in heaven is perfect. So we've heard that, turn the other cheek. Out of all that, that was the whole context of it, underneath the heading, love thy enemies. In some other versions, they even tell it to do not retaliate. But what we take in the world context of it is turn the other cheek. And from that, we have developed a very passive ideology. We think, as Christians as a whole, and it doesn't matter if you're a believer or a non-believer, that Christians are supposed to be passive. That we're supposed to be passive. That we're just supposed to take whatever gets dished out. And I believe that this is the case with much believers because we are sitting silently and quietly with everything that goes on in the world today, and we do nothing for it. We are getting abused and persecuted as Christians, and for the most part, not only are we turning the other cheek, we are simply giving in. We have churches today now that are teaching woke ideology. And the thing about that is, that goes against the Word of God. When we're teaching that there are more than one gender, and that's okay, that goes against the Word of God. When we teach that abortion is okay, that goes against the Word of God. And we cannot allow ourselves to allow or be supportive either directly or indirectly. And if we don't stand up and say, no, this is wrong, we are indirectly, we are being passive. We are allowing it to happen. We just had midterm elections. 
And it's very interesting to see how the, the world works and how they think during these times. We can look at the signs around town. We can look at the candidates, what they've proclaimed and what they've done. And we can look at who continues to stay, who rises to power. And in a, a message a, a time or two ago, we talked about that. Can you support these people that support ungodly, ungodly ideas and still be a Christian? Being a Christian means more than just saying you believe, believing, going to church. It is a entire full commitment. It is believing, it is having faith, it is accepting Jesus Christ, it is learning, studying, praying upon the Word of God. It is living your life in a godly way. Just like we try to do with the Bible, we cannot take the certain parts of the aspects of having religion and just pick and choose what we want. And for the most part, the things that we fight against so hard is things that don't really affect us directly. Do you know that most of the people that are for abortion, that protest, that stand up for it, has never actually had one themselves, has never been through that process. But they want to make sure that they have the opportunity if needed. It's not an individual need, it's being part of a process, a group, an idea. We talk about the environment. But yet, it's not something that you can see or see the change. And in fact, that we spoke on it before, there's belief that it's not even what they say. And in fact, the ozone layer is in better shape now than it was. In fact, that we need a certain amount of carbon in the atmosphere to maintain what we have. We've learned time and time again throughout history that the experts, that the scientists, don't always have all the correct answers or any answers. At best, it's a guess. The only one that really knows what's going on is God. And I firmly believe that he's got it all under control and he's not going to let his creation here ruin what he's got. 
He's already got the whole plan mapped out. Everything is written. We know that we have to have this final showdown with Satan. We know the world's going to be destroyed and recreated. It's already written. We, as a society, are not going to stop that. We're not going to put it in motion early. It's all in God's hands. And to think anything different is ridiculous. But we go through and we have people that, because of what it says on their voter registration card, that is the people they are going to pick each and every time because we're all on the same team. And it doesn't matter about their belief systems. It doesn't matter about what they're doing. And we can look at, at facts. We people, we people like facts. We like based on a true story. We want to talk about the science, the fact, the truth. Well, let's look at it. And we look at the state that the world is in, and it is not good. We can talk about the, the day-to-day things of it, that the economy is horrible, that inflation is outrageous, that normal things are outrageously expensive, And that people are struggling in every aspect of it more than we have in a very long time. Morally, we are in a a pit. We are allowing and supporting and promoting things that would have been unheard of. And that's because it's ungodly. It is ungodly. I just read an article the other day that a, a woman, a doctor, decided at when her son was three years old that he wasn't a boy anymore, that he needed to be a girl because she caught him playing with a, a girl toy. My kids will play with a loaf of bread. They're not thinking about those type of things when they're doing it. That's just common sense. That's common parenting. They're just wanting something to play with, and if something's available, they're going to do it. It doesn't matter what it is. And see, that's where it comes to us as parents, to correct. We don't just look at it and say, oh, there must be something wrong. Apparently God made a mistake and put the wrong soul in the wrong body, or, you know, it doesn't matter anyway. And then, or we can simply say, you know, son, that's not an appropriate toy for you. Or we let them develop and grow up. A three-year-old is not even going to understand that kind of situation. And it went on that she felt so strongly and the father said, no, this is not how we're going to do it. We're going to wait and see how this all turns out like we should because kids change with the wind. You know, some days they wake up and they want to be a firefighter. Some days they wake up and they want to be a fire truck because that's how kids are. But she sought to have his custody removed because he was making poor choices for his son. Luckily, there was a judge with some common sense that put that down. 
That is the world that we are living in today. And we are putting our support for these people. And we get into these situations where we might have said, okay, yes, this is how we're going to do. But when we got to realize that, hey, I might have made a mistake. Is that we will fight tooth and toenail and support someone with wrong, ungodly beliefs because we agreed with them at one point. And everybody's not all bad or all good. We even see in the word, you know, we had Solomon. He was doing some grand things. But the world got into him. And then he started making some mistakes. And God had to shut him down. And then we see David. He went back and forth a few times. He had some errors along the way. So we're all going to have our ups and downs. But if we constantly keep seeing signs of Satan pop up again and again and again, that is a problem. But we're passive. We say we turn the other cheek. Now let's, let's go and uh, talk about exactly what Jesus is talking about here. Now back in the, the Old Testament, if something happened, you got retribution for it. If someone cost you your eye, you got to take one of theirs. If they knocked out your tooth, you got to pull one of them. That was the way. That's how they kept things fair and just. It was retaliation. It was legal retaliation. But that's what it was. And Jesus said, no, we need to be bigger than that. We need to be better than that. We need to show compassion and we need to show love. We need to love our enemies. We need to do away with retaliation. So if something happens, it does you no good to retaliate. If you lose your eye, taking someone else's is not going to restore yours. It's done nothing to make the situation any better. And there's been countless studies of people that has went and done some form of retaliation. You know, a loved one gets killed, so they go and they take care of the person that did that to their loved one. And it doesn't make them feel any better. It doesn't soften the impact of the loss because they are still lost. It doesn't restore what is taken. But you see, God, he's keeping a record of all this. We talked about Job the other day, and, you know, Job lost all these things. Well, you know, God was keeping track of all these things. And in his lifetime, God restored every single thing that he lost. Because he stayed in faith. He would not go against God. He would not rebuke him. He just dealt with it. And everything was restored. We want that instant 
gratification. So we want to, to do something. And if we don't do something physically, we try to hit them in some other way. We try to have them have some kind of form of punishment. We try to get them in trouble. We try to get their, their license or their livelihood taken away. We try to go after them financially and make them pay in that way. We want to get something back from it. But you know that God's not going to reward us for those type of things because that is what you're going to get. That's all the reward you're going to get. He talks about in prayer, talking about being, being boastful and loud and, and praying for the, for the glory of man. If you do things for the glory of man, including yourself, because you're a man too, woman, person, that that's the only thing you're going to do. We need to do things for God's glory and for Him. God tells us that when we stand up for Him, when we stand up for the kingdom of heaven, people are going to come against us. And it's going to be hard and difficult at times for that. And we know that going in. But God says, I have a reward for you. Remember, this world is temporary. We're going, we're building up for our final destination, which is, which is heaven. So the point is, this whole passage, including the one that we want to take out, turning the other cheek, has to do with retaliation. It doesn't give us an excuse to be passive. We have people, they talk about, oh, the world has gotten so bad. Everything's going bad. I can't wait for Jesus to come back. Me too. What are we going to do in the meantime? Do you think that's God's plan for us to just sit back idly and to wait for Jesus to come back? We are God's hands and feet. We are supposed to be spreading the word. We are supposed to be leading souls to Christ. How are we going to do that if we are sitting back passively? Our churches are emptier more than they ever have been. They are less and less people hearing the word. And you're listening to a, a podcast right now. And I wonder, how did you come about it? I, I got some, some faithful listeners that listen each and every week. And I thank you for that. But then we can see the numbers also go up and down. If I throw in a, a catchy title that has some world aspects of it, we'll see a spike in numbers. And a lot of times they like what they hear so much, they might want to go back and pick up another one or two or three. And we'll see the numbers go up. But if I just put an old run-of-the-mill, basic talking about God, Bible-type title on there, we see a plummet. Because we want to know things about the world, but if it's just going to be an old God talk, well, that's not too interesting. Even with the faithful ones, we can see the difference. We're looking for certain things, and we want to 
hear about the things that we're interested in, and hopefully it'll tell us what we want to hear so we can keep doing it. But we can't be passive. We get these ideas of how things should be. We have to stand up for ourselves, stand up for God, stand up for the kingdom of heaven. Not be afraid to call out sin. And as the words come out of my mouth, I have to be really careful because I want to make sure I get the right point across. Because somewhere in the back row, there's probably some little old lady, and I don't want to be one-sided here, or some little old man, or maybe a young one. Let's just cover all the bases, so that's going to hear that, and they're going to perk up. Because there's some people that just love to point out the sin of others. And that is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about us where we have a choice, where we have decisions to make, where we have a voice and we're choosing to do nothing. When we... When there's a rise up of all these ideas that are not with the word of God and we sit by and do nothing. We don't make our voices heard. We don't make our decisions known. We just simply stand by. And for what? I don't know. I guess we're waiting for somebody else to do it. We're waiting for Jesus to come back. Or we're just scared. We have God on our side. I want you to think about, as we wrap up, how powerful that is. There's a, a song, and I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but the, one of the verses in it talks about that everything that I'm scared of is scared of God. Everything that I'm scared of is Scared of God. You know, Jesus spoke, and them demons like, whoa, that's Jesus. I know who that is. And they had to come out, and they had to do what he said. And many of us, we encounter a demon in person like that. We're going to be, woo, I'm getting out of here. But the things that we're scared of is scared of God. And God is on our side. He is our Heavenly Father. He is our source. He is our protector. He sent Jesus to redeem us, to save our souls, cover us in our blood, restore the connection with Him, allow us passage into heaven, also allowing us to access the kingdom of heaven, to be able to do the things that He did in greater, to be able to have all of that. That God is on our side. He's given us all these things. So what are we scared of? Satan? Nope. Been defeated. Man? Nope. 
not important. We just have to rise up, have faith. And sometimes we are our own worst enemies. The biggest battle is, is to say, this is wrong. What I support is wrong. What I believe is wrong. What I'm allowing to happen is wrong. Because it goes against the word of God. And it should be that simple. We have a subject come up. Is there more than one, more than two genders? In the beginning, God made man and God made woman. Now, I wasn't real good at math, but I only come up with two any way you spin it. Are abortions okay? I knew thee in thy womb, thou shalt not kill. Nope, can't do that either. It's that simple. And when, no matter what the subject matter is, it's in here. God has already laid out every instruction that we need. Sometimes we have to look forward a little harder. Sometimes we have to put a little bit of time and effort into it. Sometimes we have to consult God for him to give us a little bit of a direction. But it is here. Wokeness is not going to get you into heaven. Wokeness is not going to put rewards from God that Jesus is bringing when he comes back. Supporting the world, supporting Satan. And when you're supporting the world, you are supporting Satan. They are one in the same. That is not going to do you any favors. You may think this world is all we have. Or you're going to be mighty surprised. It's not what the word of God says. Be prepared. The time is now for change. The time is now is to start thinking differently.